You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster. I'm back with Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 2. Part 2. The second part. Alright, so we have Obi-Wan now on a different planet other than Tatooine, which he is on Dayu. And he's asking someone about why his... uh, PS2, Vita, whatever you call that device that's tracking Leia's ship is not working anymore. It's because we're on Dayu. We'll just go with that. One of the things that I kind of thought it was an interesting thing that as Obi-Wan is trying to get the lay of the land, he comes across a clone trooper that's asking for credits so he can get a meal. So we get a cameo from Temuera Morrison, who played Boba Fett, but he's also playing now one of these clone troopers. That is now out of a job, which is like, I know we're in a period of transition, but they still have a purpose, right? You've had their training. You basically paid for all this, and then you're going to supplement all these clone troopers for... Even worse troopers that can't shoot straight. But that's neither here or there. But regardless, it was still a nice little cameo to see him do one of these out-of-work clone troopers, which was kind of weird to see that happen, because I would think, at the very least, you would not need to worry about keeping them around. You can always, I don't know, shoot them, if that was the case, rather than just kind of let them linger about. That's kind of messed up for some kind of empire health benefits. Don't care about your workers. I mean, he should start a union, but I'm like, I guess it's too late now. So <laughs> so as Obi-Wan is trying to get his bearings on this new setting, it becomes very obvious when these outside shots are really in studio. And to a certain point, it doesn't feel like you're on another planet because you can you get the sense of you know the volume that video screen panel is there in the background and as the story progresses many times we have the troopers and the inquisitors walking in up and down this one street even though they may have changed the background pictures it still feels like the exact same set you know, you might have moved the box that we're here on the right now to the left, but it still feels like it's the exact same thing. So it doesn't feel like realistic. That's the one thing I just felt upon multiple watchings. This doesn't work for me at all. So while we put that to the side, as Obi-Wan is looking around, we come across someone trying to sell Obi-Wan some drugs. And there was a nice little reference to Kessel, 
because, you know, they have the best spice. But it was weird knowing after the fact that it's his own daughter, which is Ewan McGregor's daughter in that scene with him and selling him drugs. And the first one was free, so he kept that for himself. That was going to come back later. Hmm. But it just felt weird. Now, this is the second drug scene that <laughs> Obi-Wan has been dealing with since the a Clone Wars moment in which he is approached by Sleaze Bagano uh, selling him death sticks and how Obi-Wan was able to dispense with him with a wave of a hand to rethink his life and <laughs> go a different way. It just felt weird. But from that moment, which it's an odd moment for him to think about, oh, there's some alien is coming out of this door on the phone. I'm going to follow that alien, and then I'm going to rob him and take his costume or uniform, which is really, again, feels very cheap because all this is like this draped cloth, like a plastic sheet, basically, and some goggles. I'm like, here, you're now working in a space meth lab. He comes in. He's no Walter White. Let's just be honest. He's not doing Breaking Bad. He cannot say, I'm the one who knocks from a certain point of view. But that's besides the point. So he somehow is able to figure his way in that that's where Leia is going to be held at and causes an accident to happen. And he slips behind the scenes and gets further along to the fine Leia, which he fights two other guys, which I'm like, all right. He's not going to use the lightsaber, but he's going to go hand-to-hand. Fine. And dispenses with them. Fine. And then Leia's like, who the hell are you? Where's my father? Where's the army and all this? Like, I'm the one who's been sent for you. She goes with him reluctantly, and off we go to the races. Now, it gets more pathetic, because if we thought, oh, Maybe that scene from the first episode in which Leia is out running all the adults on her, on her own home world, we can, like, not do this here. But eventually, Leia runs away from Obi-Wan. And I'm like, how can this guy not capture a girl? So he's just running after her, you know, in Dayu. And I'm like, it just looks so bad. It really looks bad. The other thing I forgot to mention was uh, Haja, which Obi-Wan met earlier prior to all this, in which he was a fake Jedi pretending to help refugees off the planet, and but bilking them of their monies and so forth. So I guess that was supposed to be, haha, great, funny, wink to the audience. But I, I really hated the fact that he was now part of the story. As we see later on, it was just like, ugh, all right, we'll just go with it. As we now are running, uh, as Obi-Wan and Leia are running for transport on the other side of the city, we get some kind of moments, some heated moments, I should say, with Reva and the Grand Inquisitor. One of the things that I've always thought, we've never seen this kind of dissension within the Empire like this. There may be disagreements, but never like in your face, like you're going the wrong way and I have the better plan or something to that effect. Or at least if that was the case, it's behind closed doors. So I started to think about, is this kind of like from Star Trek, 
the next generation, the best of both worlds, where you have Commander Shelby, who wanted to take over the first officer role on the Enterprise to deal with the Borg, but Riker was technically in her way. She had to kind of be put in her place, as Riker reminded her, but when Picard went down and got captured by the Borg, he became captain and she became his first officer. So there's an ambition to her that it's noticeable right off the bat that she can do the job if he was not able to do. Here, I thought maybe that's what it is. She just wants to be that Grand Inquisitor because what the guy's doing, he sucks at his job and she knows better. But if I felt that she knew better, I would say, yeah, let her have it. I still don't. <laughs> it's it's never laid out that she's a capable inquisitor. I mean, I, I just feel it's so badly drawn. Later on, we'll find out there is a, I guess, a method to her madness, so to speak. But up to this point, it's ridiculous. So when she goes behind the Inquisitor's back and calls for a whole bounty all over the city to go then find Obi-Wan, you know, she stalks him out on a roof in like a superhero pose. And I'm like, no, you do not get to have that kind of Batman pose and just wait for action to happen and then go for it. So as that happens, later on, you know, Obi-Wan is trying to fight off whatever various bounty hunters and Leia is saved because at one point she jumps between two buildings and, and falls and he has to use the force to save her that Reva moves into action. And it's like this terrible Sith parkour that she's doing on top of the roofs just to get to where Obi-Wan is, is kind of pointless. Because you would think if she had moves like Jagger, if she had moves like Jagger, if she had moves like Jagger, she would be really good. But she still sucks when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat. Because as we see, Obi-Wan and Leia escaping a transport, and she's yelling at them as they're leaving, you know, I'll get you, you're not, you know, I'll find you again. And I'm like, you know they can't hear you. At the very least, throw your lightsaber at them and, like, knock down the ship if you're not going to be able to, I don't know, bring that ship down. It's just, come on, that's just pure laziness. But I did forget to mention, moments before they escaped, is that the Grand Inquisitor came in and said, what the hell are you doing? And basically, Reva stabs him. She did some action, and that doesn't work because that character shows up in Rebels. So how is this going to work out? We'll find out later on. It's total BS, by the way. In any case, so literally, he gets backstabbed in the front and dispenses with him. And then the episode ends with Reva just cursing at the ship leaving. I'm like... Yeah, that, that's about it. That's the best you're going to get out of Reva. Yeah, and fortunately, that's about the best of the whole episode I could even talk about. Just, it, that's a moment. And that's it. And that's about it for this whole podcast. There's not much to this episode other than there was a moment of revelation, which, uh, it was okay. But 
this put into question, did Reva know Anakin became Darth Vader? And if so, when did that happen? Because between Obi-Wan hiding from Reva, it was like another scene played out that was supposed to be similar to what Luke was doing from Vader and then revealing about Leia. Here, Obi-Wan finds out from Reva that Anakin is still alive. And it is Darth Vader. Considering how her story doesn't kind of, it doesn't get panned out greatly, I'm just curious as to when she was told or when did she find out that he became Darth Vader after seeing all of her youngling friends being slaughtered back in the day. So, but in any case, it's it's not a great episode. It ends with like a, not even a cliffhanger, but it was just like, we all know he's alive, but now the two of them are aware of each other now. We're, we're done with this episode. So, on that note, <laughs> thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. If you were a monster kid growing up, if you enjoyed Saturday mornings watching Monster Movie Matinee or staying up all night watching the Midnight Feature, then Monster Attack is the podcast for you. We not only look at classic old monster movies, we share our experience growing up as a monster kid. Join us every Monday for Monster Attack. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.